I will deliver him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. was going through my playlist there good morning guys that um was our wonderful victory boyd i call her our because she's just a beautiful voice and here we have lots of beautiful voices and she was singing psalm 91 such a beautiful beautiful song that she does with such emotion um welcome it's sister on scripture it's thursday in the year of our lord 2023 August the 17th. Can y'all believe we're almost halfway done with the month of August? This year is flying by. Um, apologies for the sound. Um, it's I'm using my phone again. The laptop's not turning on, but thanks to Mary Ollie um, and her little prayer that hopefully it's going to turn on the next time I open it. It died on me Monday. Um, during the episode, which I have not uploaded the episode yet because I was wanting to edit out the long period that y'all were still in the room and I wasn't. Um, but it still kept going while I was trying to figure out some way to get back on to you guys. So I wanted to edit that out. And so I've not gotten the episode up. But we covered, most of you I think were here with me Monday. Monday, we went over the first chapter of the book of Heal. Today, we're going to go over the second chapter, and that's probably all we'll have time for. I want to slow down in the book of Ezekiel some. I feel like Father's reached out to me and told me to, to calm, not calm it down, but slow it down. Um, I have a tendency to speak very fast. It's a Southern thing. And so people miss things myself included so father's wanting me to slow this down which is the got from him and so that's what we're going to do today um, we are still reading out of the nasb 1977 edition so if you have your bible and would like to follow along please do so um 
I will be getting out some little bit of notes regarding it. Um, we're going to go into Daniel a little bit and Revelation. Um, Daniel, if you want to go ahead and get ready for where we're going on Daniel, just in case um, for whoever's following along, is Daniel 7, 13. And we'll be going over Revelation 8 through 10. So, chapter 2 starts off the prophet's call. And as we discussed, Ezekiel was one of the most colorful, if not the most colorful of the prophets. He used what was called panamim, which is what I consider as like theatrics. Um, things He used adjectives with action. Um, in order to get his point across to instill it into the minds of the listeners and now the readers because we're the readers um he'd cry and wail he'd slap his thighs he ate a scroll and other different unusual things at that time So, it starts off, Then he said to me, Son of man, and this son is capitalized S-O-N, not the whole word, just the S, Stand on your feet that I may speak with you. This is um, God's normal way of addressing Ezekiel was with the phrase, Son of man. But it's not the same son as what he was referring to Jesus. He used son of man probably to emphasize his humanity over against God's holiness. Jesus referred to himself the same way, but with an entirely different meaning. So the book of Ezekiel does not serve as the direct background for Jesus's use of the phrase son of man. Now on Daniel 7:13 Daniel 7:13 says this is where the son of man is presented I kept looking in the night visions and behold with the clouds of heaven one like this like a son of man was coming and he came up to the ancient of days and was presented before him. See, so he's coming in with the clowns and that kind of stands out to me from what we were going over with Moses and God, how God had to, had to hide him, his, his face from the people because it was, his light was so bright that it would block them. It would make them where they weren't able to see. Remember when Moses came down off the mount and he was glowing. And I think I've used this before. I know I used this um, when we were debating the mask discussion, you know, when COVID started and they started making us wear 
um, they were having us put on our mask and I was fighting the city council on that. And because we, when we put a mask on, we're hiding ourselves. We're hiding the creation that God made perfect in his image. God made each of us, regardless of what we look like, regardless if we've got deformities um, on our face and our body, you know, God made us this way. And even with the ones that are wounded in battle, God allowed that to happen because he's got a different plan. Kind of like how when we were praying for Jeff on Monday, you know, Jeff not knowing what, you know, he may not like all the ingredients that are going into his biscuits. He may not like the buttermilk. He may not like the lard. He may not like the raw flour, but he loves but biscuits. And so God's ingredients for us while we're in the storm, we may not see what the outcome is going to be. Mila had a very good um, statement here in chat. She said there are two different words in Hebrew. One refers to a son of Adam. The other refers to Jesus. The words are similar, but not the same. Correct. It's not the same. And sometimes you will see it capitalized and sometimes you'll see it lowercase. That verse, um, Daniel uh, 7.13 that we were reading, it serves as the clearest Old Testament background of Jesus' application of the phrase son of man to himself. In his discussion of the destruction and the end of the world, he used it of the second coming of the son of man in Matthew 24.30, Mark 13.26, and Luke 21.27, as he did in his trial before the high priest in Matthew 26.64, Mark 14.62. John began his apocalypse with a reference to Christ's second coming as it was foreseen in Daniel 7.13, in Revelation 1.7, as well as Revelation 1.13 and 14.14. I'm not getting into all of those, but I will put them in the notes in case any of you would like to um, go back and look at those verses. All right, Ezekiel 2, 2. And as he spoke to me, the spirit entered me and set me on on my feet and I heard him speaking to me then he said to me son of man I am sending you to the sons of Israel to a rebellious people who have rebelled against me they and their fathers have trans transgressed against me to this very day and I am sending you to them who are stubborn and obstinate children and you shall say to them Thus says the Lord God, as for them, whether they listen or not, for they are rebellious, for they are a rebellious house, they will know that a prophet has been among them.
And you, son of man, neither fear them nor fear their words. Though thistles and thorns are you and you sit on scorpions, neither fear their words nor be dismayed at their presence, for they are rebellious house. So God's telling him, telling Ezekiel, not to fear them or their words, even though he's in the thicket. You know, he he's amongst a den of vipers, you know. He sits on scorpions. And and he's in with the, the thistles and the thorns. So he's really on all sides just covered by people who who wish him ill but ezekiel god's telling ezekiel don't be afraid not to be afraid we're going to be persecuted we're going to be we're going to be missing invites to things we're not going to have the crowds and the masses like you know some of the the ones that are not doing his will but that's okay that's okay. Because you know what? That's how Jesus was. And we've been told this is what's going to happen. But don't fear. Don't be afraid. God's got this. But you shall speak my words to them, whether they listen or not, for they are rebellious. Now you, son of man, and this is lowercase, Listen to what I am speaking to you. Do not be rebellious like that rebellious house. Open your mouth and eat what I am giving to you. See, God's telling them, just like Jesus, man cannot live on bread alone. You have to consume the words of God. Then I looked Behold, a hand was extended to me, and lo, a scroll was in it. When he spread it out before me, it was written on the front and back, and written on it were lamentations, mourning, and woe. Then he said to me, Son of man, eat what you find. Eat this scroll and go. Speak to the Israel. I'm on chapter three now. So we did get past two. So I opened my mouth and he fed me this scroll. And he said to me, son of man, feed your stomach and fill your body with this scroll, which I am giving you. Then I ate it and it was sweet as honey in my mouth. Of all the prophets, Ezekiel called on by God to perform more unusual acts in connection with his message than any others. On this occasion, he ate a scroll, presumably because it had on the words, it had on it the words he was. To and that's where we're going to go to Revelation 10, 8 through 10. And the voice which I heard from heaven, I heard again speaking with me and saying, Go take the book which is open in the hand of the angel who stands on the sea on the land. 
And I went to the angel, telling him to give me the little book. And he said to me, take it and eat it, and it will make your stomach bitter, but in your mouth it will be sweet as honey. And I took the little book out of the angel's hand and ate it. And it was in my mouth sweet as honey. And when I had eaten it, my stomach was made bitter. At another time, he acted out dark escape. Oh, I'm sorry. After a dark escape of some of his fellow countrymen back in Jerusalem. And that's Ezekiel 12, 3 through. And I'm going to go ahead and cover that right now. I'll go ahead and read the will. I know it's a little bit ahead, but it's okay. Therefore, son of man, prepare for yourself baggage for exile and go into exile by day in their sight. Even go into exile from your place to another place in their sight. Perhaps they will understand, though they are a rebellious house. And bring your baggage out by day in their sight as baggage for exile. Then you will go out at evening in their sight as those going into exile. Dig a hole through the wall in their sight and go out through it. Load the baggage on your shoulder in their sight and carry it out of, in the dark. You shall cover your face so that you cannot see the land. For I have set you as a sign to the house of Israel. And I did so as I had been commanded. By day I brought out my baggage like the baggage of an exile. Then in the evening I dug through the wall with my hands. I went out in the dark and carried the baggage on my shoulder in their sight. He used the type of shadow boxing to depict some of his fellow countrymen back in Jerusalem. Oh, I'm sorry. I just completely reread the wrong part. He used the type of shadow boxing to depict the Babylonian slaughter, which was coming in um, chapter 21, verses 14 to 17. At times during his preaching, he would clap his hands, stamp his feet, and cry, Alas! Or as he cried and wailed, he would slap his thighs. As a sign to the people, he used a brick to represent Jerusalem and built a model depicting its siege. Represent the length of Israel and Judah, Israel, Judah's punishment, respectfully, respectively. He was bound with cords and lay on his left side for 390 days and on his right for 40 days. During that first period, he consumed only rationed food and water to symbolize the plight of those left in Jerusalem. He also cut his hair, divided it into thirds, and disposed of it in three different manners to indicate the way in which the inhabitants of Jerusalem would perish. All of this was at the direction of the Lord and helped reinforce his message. And it really works. I recall in sixth grade, 
And I don't remember a lot about high school as far as teachers and stuff like that goes. But I had one teacher that was going over, you know, adjectives and pronouns, nouns, all that stuff. You know, except for pronouns wasn't for them, they, you know, referencing a person who wants to be called that. She would use, um, like, to give us what an adjective was. She actually took her shoe off and threw it across the room and used it, you know, that in the sentence, the shoe flew across the room. Stuck out my mind to me because it was the first time I'd ever seen a teacher do anything like that. And that's what Ezekiel was doing. He was using theatrics um, in order to convey his message to the people, to get it across and have it stuck in their minds. Ezekiel 3, 4. Then he said to me, Son of man, go to the house of Israel and speak with my words to them. For you are not being sent to a people of un unintelligible speech or difficult language, but to the house of Israel. Nor to many peoples of un unintelligible speech or difficult language whose words you cannot understand. But I have sent you to them who should listen to you. Yet the house of Israel will not be willing to listen to you since they are not willing to listen to me. Surely the whole house of Israel is stubborn and obstinate. Behold, I have made your face as hard as their faces and your forehead as hard as their foreheads. Like emery, harder than flint, I have made your forehead. Do not be afraid of them or dismayed before them, though they are a rebellious house. Moreover, he said to me, son of man, take into your heart all words which I shall speak to you and listen closely and go to the exiles, to sons of your people and speak to them and tell them whether they listen or not. Thus says the Lord God. Then the spirit lifted me up and I heard a great rumbling sound behind me. Blessed be the glory of the Lord in his place. And I heard the sound of the wings of the living beings touching one another and the sound of the wheels beside them, even a great rumbling sound. So the spirit lifted me up and took me away, and I went embittered in the rage of my spirit, and the hand of the Lord was strong on me. Then I came to the exiles who were beside the river Shabar at Talabah. And I sat there seven days where they were living, causing consternation among them. Now it came about at the end of the seven days that the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, I have appointed you a watchman to the house of Israel. Whenever you hear a word from my mouth, warn them from me. When I say to the wicked, you shall die and you do not warn him or speak out to warn the wicked from his wicked way that he may live that wicked man shall die in his inequity but his blood I will require at your hand 
Yet, if you have warned the wicked and he does not turn from his wickedness or from his wicked way, he shall die in his inequity, but you have delivered yourself. Again, when a righteous man turns away from his righteousness and commits inequity, and I place an obstacle before him, he shall die. Since you have not warned him, he shall die in his sin, and his righteous deeds, which he has done, shall not be remembered, but his blood I will require at your hand. So see, God's telling them, you know, if if you try to warn them, and they well, that's on them. But if you don't try to warn them, and you know, then it's on you as well. Yeah, he's gonna die, but you're gonna you're gonna be punished as well. So that's like when we don't we know God, we know the we know Jesus. We're not out there helping those who are wicked and righteous and that commit inequities, if we don't try to help them, then we're going to have to account for that as well. However, if you have warned the righteous man that the righteous should not sin, and he does not sin, he shall surely live because he took warning and you have delivered yourself. That right there, if you have warned the righteous man that the righteous should not sin. Because Ezekiel was chosen by God, there's a standard. There's a standard for us. There's a big standard, you know, and so we've got to follow that. One of the features of the religious thought of the book of Ezekiel, which stands out, is individual responsibility for one's own actions, like what we were just going through. The soul who sins will die. To a far greater extent than in the new religion of the New Testament, Israel had a group relationship with God. The Babylonian exile in which Ezekiel himself was participating was God's judgment on a sinful nation, and many righteous people had to suffer alongside the sinners. Nevertheless, God now wanted it emphasized that individual guilt and righteousness should not be swallowed up in the group, even, that's what, even when the group was the family. Depending on the stress laid, the law could be read either way. In the Ten Commandments, God stated that he would visit the inequity of the fathers on the children on the third and fourth generations. That was Exodus 25. 20 verse 5 and Deuteronomy 5 verse 9. But in Deuteronomy 24 16, fathers and children are not going to be held responsible for each other's guilt. Therefore, by rejecting the old proverb, God was setting 
in Ezekiel 18 and then um, Jeremiah 31, 29, 30. Any questions anyone might have? So, you know, Ezekiel's trying to, God's trying to instill that message into Ezekiel and into the people. There's a, there's a way out, you know, if you, if you're sinning, there is a way out from that sin, but stop it. Don't continue doing it. Just like Jesus said to the prostitute, go and sin no more. It's not like you get a free path because you're Christian. Oh, I can repent and it's okay. No. It's not okay. Ezekiel 3.22 And the hand of the Lord was on me there, and he said to me, Get up, go out to the plain, and there I will speak to you. So I got up and went out to the plain, and behold, the glory of the Lord was standing there like the glory which I saw by the river Shabar, and I fell on my face. The spirit then entered me and made me stand on my feet. And he spoke with me and said to me, go, shut yourself up in your house. As for you, son of man, they will put ropes on you and bind you with them so that you cannot go out among them. Moreover, I will make your tongue stick to the roof of your mouth so that you cannot so that you will be dumb and cannot be a man who rebukes them, for they are, are a rebellious house. But when I speak to you, I will open your mouth and you will say to them, Thus says the Lord God, he who hears, let him hear. And he, re, he, he who refuses, let him refuse, for they are a rebellious house. Ezekiel 4, and we're going to stop with 4, probably. Now you, son of man, get yourself a brick, place it before you, and inscribe a city on it, Jerusalem. Then lay siege against, build a siege wall, raise up a ramp, pitch camps, and place bittering, battering rams against it all around. an iron plate and set it up as an iron wall between you and the city and set your face toward it so that it is under siege Egypt. this is a sign to the house of Israel as for you lie down on your left side and lay the inequity of the house of Israel on it you shall bear their inequity for the number of days that you lie on it. For I have assigned you a number of days corresponding to the years of their inequity. 390 days. So they had 390 years of inequity. Because God's. God gave him, assigned him a number of days corresponding to the number of years of their inequity. 390 days, thus you shall bear the inequity of the house of Israel. 
When you have completed these, you shall lie down a second time. But on your right side and bear the inequity of the house of Judah. I have assigned it to you for 40 days, a day for each year. Then you shall set your face toward the siege of Jerusalem with your arm bared and prophesy against it. Now behold, I put ropes on you so that you cannot turn from one side to the other until you have completed the days of your siege. But as for you, take wheat, barley, beans, lentils, millet, and spelt, put them in one vessel and make them into bread for yourself. Eat it according to the number of days that you lie on your side, 390 days. And your food which you eat shall be 20 shekels a day by weight. You shall eat it from, the, from time to time. And the water you drink will be the sixth part of a hen by measure. You shall drink it from time to time. And you shall eat it as barley cake, sit in their sight over human dung. That is, that is just gross. Then the Lord said, thus shall the sons of Israel eat their bread unclean among the nations where I shall banish them. But I said, ah, oh, Lord God, behold, I have never been defiled. For from my mouth, from my youth until now, I have never eaten what died of itself or was torn by beasts nor has any unclean meat ever entered my mouth. Then he said to me, See, I shall give you cow's dung in place of human dung over which you will prepare your bread. Moreover, he said to me, Son of man, I am going to break the staff of bread in Jerusalem, and they will eat bread by weight, with anxiety, and drink water by measure and in horror. Because bread and water will be scarce, and they will be appalled with one another and waste away in their inequity. And that is the end of chapter 4. Does anyone, um, we're going to go ahead and stop there. We'll pick up 5 on Monday. I know it's early, but... I don't want to rush through these, and we got through a lot really quick. So, um, we'll stop there. I'm going to play a little bit of music and get some prayer requests in. Let's see if I can get it going. Like I said, I'm still, I'm on my phone, so now I've got to get used to that again. I do like having my emojis now, though. Hi.
All right. Now, if y'all will just add your prayer request in the chat, um, just a minute, we'll pray. Beth, thank you for that. Um, and also, um, with the pod beans, I know that they convert weird. I set up buy me a coffee. If anyone wants to buy me a coffee, it's strictly just, um, not doing this for the money or anything like that. Um, I just decided to find a way, an alternate way, because people want to be able to donate, but the way Podbean does, it doesn't balance out. So that is buymeacoffeeslot.com knickknacks, N-I-K-N-A-K-S. Good morning, sweet tea. You are tardy, but babe. I'm still on the phone again. The laptop wouldn't come on. I love you too, sister. Yes, Beth, can you get an update, too, for me for this week on um, how Charlotte's doing and how Baby's doing? Thank you, Beth, for the update. Anyone else have any other prayer requests you want to add?
In about 30 seconds when this ends, we'll go ahead and go in right here. Do we have any other last um, prayer? Um, I am going to add also prayers for Navajo Nation. All right, go ahead and um, pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time that you've allowed us to gather together. To have this space um, to come together from all over, from all over the world, um, like Mila in Chile, and we've got several listeners from Africa and the United States and Wales and Canada and all over. It's so beautiful, God, what you've brought together. People from all over, from different walks with different experiences and testimonies that you've brought here together to share to grow, to pray, and just to help disciple for one another and to others outside of this community, Father. It's such a blessing to have those that we can come to in time of need when, when we need prayers and know that there's going to be people faithfully responding and praying because, Father, we know that that you hear our prayers, you answer our prayers in your time, according to your will. So, Father, thank you for that. Thank you for, for Jesus, for the sacrifice that Jesus made so that we may all be saved from this sin. Father, you knew that the people weren't changing. The people were, were being tempted, even from the beginning, by Satan. So you sent your son to be that sin for all of us so that we may be saved. We're not going to be in hell. Thank you for that sacrifice, Father. Thank you for that wonderful blessing. Father, we ask you for prayers for Charlotte, the 16-year-old mother who delivered her baby Alice six weeks early. Father, thank you for her being released from the hospital and, and healing. And for baby Alice still being strong in the NICU. And we just pray, Father, for, for baby Alice to continue to get stronger and stronger. And that Charlotte be prepared when baby Alice come home to, to welcome him home and 
and have that environment that she needs and the support system around her she needs, Father, because at 16 years old, that's a, a very young time to be a mom, but in a world where child sacrifice is seen as, as something that is minor, you know, where they're aborting babies all the time. This mom, this lady that got pregnant, she, she kept her baby. And so father, we rejoice that she kept her baby. We rejoice that she didn't choose a path that, that did not keep her baby, but instead she chose the path to give that baby life. And so, Father, we pray life into that child. We pray life into baby Alice and into Charlotte. And for best mom and dad, Father, we just live for, me, for you to uh, make sure their health is well. To make sure that, you know, they're able to, to have a good life, a good Christian life, Father. For the people of Lahanya and Maui that their homes were destroyed and the news is lying and covering up from what I'm, I'm hearing personal testimonies, father of people that are, that have seen hundreds, if not thousands of dead and the news isn't reporting on it. Our so-called leader, our president has no comment. People are being denied basic supplies. People are being stopped from bringing in insulin because it doesn't fit in their category. Father, stop this. Stop it, Father. Harden the hearts of those that that aren't going to listen. But, Father, for those that are there, soften heart. Father, open up the doors to allow these people to come in and help. Silence those trying to lie. Silence those that are stopping them. Stopping the, the volunteers and the people just trying to help one another in a community. Stop the realtors from trying to do the land grabs. Father, just stop it. Stop stop these horrible people trying to do bad things to good people who are just trying to rebuild. They had destruction. Taking advantage of someone when they're down is not... It's not a way to go. It's not being Christian. And so, Father, for those that are, I pray you deal justice to them swiftly. And that you keep our hearts from being hardened regarding those that are doing the people wrong. And, Father, for, for Jeff and Insidious, we lift them up again in prayer to you for healing and for strength. Father, for, for them to see and feel your love around them. For them to know that they have people that are there for them, praying for them, lifting them up. And for Duncan and, and Livin, as they go into, you know, getting their life together started. And Father, for, for all of that, we just pray your blessings on them, that they have what they need. And for all of us here in Bard's Nation, just ask for prayers over everybody, Father. Prayers of protection. 
prayers of wisdom and discernment. Prayers of strength as we walk through and see so much evil around us to keep us not only hopeful, but Father, to keep us whole and good and wholesome. Father, don't let any evil words come out of our mouth. Let it be with love. Let it be with trust and honesty. Father, and just use us. Use us today and every day to do your work. You created us and you allowed us to wake up. So we know we have purpose. And Father, we just pray for direction to what that purpose is. Um, because sometimes it's hard to see. It's hard to know exactly which path that you want us on. And which path that you want us to take, Father. Because there's so many different paths that are in front of us. So guide us, Father. Guide us to do your work. To do your will. And to do it swiftly and justly. Father, I thank you for everything you've given me. So much. So much, Father. Even the storm I've weathered. Those storms that made me into this person I am today. The storms that got me stronger. The, the storms that showed me what we're capable of doing and, and more. So, Father, thank you for that. Thank you for the storms. Thank you for the good times. And thank you, Father, for Jesus. And it's in his mighty, holy name, the name above all names, the beautiful name of Jesus Christ that I pray. Amen. Hi. Well, guys, thank you all for being here. I guess it's a good thing that I did stop it that early because the prayer went a little long. Don't give up hope, guys. Keep your faith. Keep your resilience in God. Focus on Him. Focus on Him, not the storm. Don't focus on that storm. That's what evil wants us to do. There's going to be troubled waters all around us, but our light, the light that God give us, the light that God shines through us to each, that was intentional. That was purposeful. Don't let darkness or evil or anything else try to get in your way inside out because that light is what's needed in these dark times. So be that light. Be that bridge to someone to Christ, someone that doesn't know Christ. We have, it is our calling. It is our duty. God told Ezekiel and God told us, if we know him and we do, then we are to go out and preach him to others that don't know him because we're just as bad as those that are committing the sin because we know, we know the father, we know the son, we know the Holy Spirit. Don't get caught in this world of things. Go out there and spread that message. Spread that message of God to others. Be that disciple. And do it with light and love. Y'all, go be salty today. Um, salt sweetens. Salt sweetens grapefruit. Salt sweetens coffee. Go be a little bit of salt. Oliver Green, be a little salty. Have a blessed day, y'all. I love you guys. Um, I will see you online later on. 
And I thank you all for being here.